We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. Have you ever been in one of those conversations with people where you just, you feel it coming, you know there's an issue coming up where you disagree, and you, it, it, it's just, it's right there, and you're trying to avoid it, but it's going to hit, and then it does, and then you kind of are like, okay, what do I do now? Do I just kind of bow down and, and step away, or do I face this head on and have that really needed discussion? That's what we're talking about this week on Engage Radio with uh, Alex McFarland, author of 10, 10 Issues That Divide Christians. But before we get to that, before we continue this conversation uh, on that, Wesley, we want to finish the idea that you started in the last segment. Yeah, and speaking about the, uh, having when to have these uh, conversations, yeah. vision, in line at McDonald's is not the place to have an <laughs> uh, open-handed discussion. <laughs> you know what? Unless you don't get cheese on your burger. That is a doctrinal belief. Yeah. That, That's a close-hand yeah. issue right there. Yes, it is. So I think it's important to, rec- to recognize and understand our surroundings and the areas when it's an open-handed issue, when we're going to have those discussions. Because the reason we have those discussions is, for one, to understand the other person's viewpoint so you can better minister to sure. them, but also to uh, help them bring them closer to a uh, a more biblical worldview on that topic. You know, it's interesting though. I've uh, I mentioned this to you before, and not I haven't yet with Alex, but and some of my recent conversations with some of my friends, they they continue to use the word "we need to love people, we need to love people, we need to love people," and they are so true. We need to do that because I've seen by loving people. I've seen their convictions be enlightened, and they Absolutely. come to Christ. I get that, but but loving people comes in three two different forms. That's audibly with with our words and also with their actions. So most of the time in the 21st century when we use the word loving people, we use it's implied with the word we need to show actions of love, which is true, but if we never if we never with our words confess or, or not confess but share truth with our words, God spoke, Jesus spoke, Paul spoke. We have to use our words, not just our actions. I think it needs to be a complementary of both, a well, good it, balance it of both. It has to. And the has thing is, be. you. but I will say this as well, mm. you have to earn the right to speak. Sure, absolutely. And that's one thing that I've seen uh, where a lot of Christians often fall short because okay. they'll say, well, I just want to come in and tell you the truth right. and then and then I'm, I'm gone. I'm like the right. wind. I blow yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. in all reality, what it is, and if you look at the life of Paul, if you look at the life of Christ, what they did is they invested. Sure. And then spoke. Same way. We're, so yeah. that's the model for us to follow where we that's say, great. and especially, especially like we were talking about in the last segment where we were saying, okay, in, in the world of homosexuality, in that realm, uh, you know what? We really need to earn the right to speak and mm-hmm. to say, you know what? We're not saying uh, that you cannot say the truth about the sin of homosexuality. Sure. In fact, we want you to. However, we want you to do that with grace and with humility mm-hmm. and have that relationship first. I've had a lot of friends where I've had conversations with them, they've had conversations with me about sin in each other's yeah. life, that if some dude came up to me off the street and did it, <laughs> yeah. it would have ended very differently. Right, right. But because they were my brothers, yes, they came to me with grace and humility and said, brother, I love you, so I've got to say something. And with the end goal of that sinner or that person being reconciled with Christ. That's right, and, and here's the thing, not reconciled to you. Right. Reconciled to Christ. <laughs> exactly. That's the big thing. Alex, you know what? Talking about homosexuality and just talking about sex in general, which is a topic that a lot of people get very uncomfortable about. But there's also another aspect of sexuality that really is rarely mentioned in the church, but it needs to be. And that's pornography. 
Oh my goodness, yes. So, you know what? I've, I've read a lot of statistics and they all kind of meld together, but the average age of exposure to pornography today is either 8 or 12. Which one is it? Um, it's more like 5, 6, 7 years old. Really? So it's yes. dropped down from the last it, time it I saw has, it. We have become a sex-saturated culture. And, you know, what? what's so sad is um, that really there's very little in our world anymore that is sacred. Yeah. You know, there was a time when marriage was a sacred union. And, and the intimacy between a husband and wife was a sacred thing. Uh, one of the greatest gifts, and to, to everyone listening, if you're maybe single and, and someday you hope to get married, one of the greatest gifts you can ever give your spouse is the purity of a, a virgin um, husband-wife that, you know, a husband can say to his wife, hey, you're the only woman I've ever been with. I'll never be comparing you to other people. Mm-hmm. And whether it's through um, immorality or uh, pornography, look, uh, one of the greatest gifts you'll ever give yourself is to keep your, your body and mind and your soul pure from the, the stains and, frankly, the psychological wounding of illicit behavior, pornography among them. But, yeah. but our culture is, is uh, uh, we're a culture that we've almost completely lost our innocence and virtue, haven't we? Absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, when I go back and I read the Song of Solomon and I, I see how the beloved and how Solomon speak to one another and how, you know, what struck me is that they had an understanding of beauty that I think our culture may have lost. Right. And, and, you know, and it really does strike me. Why do we not speak in the, in this way? Why do we not talk to our lovers in this way, our, our spouses? Um, and I think it's genuinely because we've lost the beauty of sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of the reason for that is pornography. So when I hear the line that, uh, that porn doesn't harm anybody, that it's something that I do in private, it doesn't hurt anybody else. No, it really does. Because there's three people in the way that I understand it, three people that pornography harms uh, directly. The first one is you, because it does hurt you because you are a user of a drug. You can't unsee uh, this stuff. Right. right. You know, what has been seen cannot be unseen, as the Internet would say. But the second person that it hurts, whether you're married or not, it hurts your spouse. Mm-hmm. Because even if you're not married, when you become married, you're bringing that into the marriage. And that's something to keep in mind. But the third person that it hurts is that person or people on the screen. It devalues mm-hmm. their the image bearer of God that they are, and they and you're saying to them, you're only worth one thing to me, and that's my pleasure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is harmful to them. So right there, you've got three people whose lives are being completely broken yeah. due to this. Yeah, so the, it, the lie that porn doesn't hurt anybody. Um, used to, people would use the phrase the objectification of women. To objectify a person is to turn them into a mere object. Mm-hmm. And and pornography is it debases, devalues, dehumanizes people. The the poor people that are caught up in that in that industry are dehumanized. But the the practitioner that uh, watches inappropriate things online or or whatever is dehumanized because they it's like a drug. The these um, endorphins uh, go um, into their n- nervous system and they become enslaved to that. But one of the horrible things is that it absolutely destroys intimacy between a husband and wife. Absolutely. And and let me just say, I mean, we're, we're grown-ups here. Um, here's part of the irony of it. Uh, psychologists have documented that men who, over a long period of time, uh, use pornography become impotent. Mm-hmm. So here, here's the irony, 
that um, people think it's sexual liberation, things like that. Look, if you want the most satisfying and most long-lasting sex life, all right, heterosexual monogamy. That means a man and a woman for a lifetime. The, the, the more loose a person's morals are and the more sexual freedom they pursue, the less sex they're going to have and certainly enjoy over the course of their life. In other words, that thing that people want, which is a healthy, fulfilling, long-term well, sex it's, life. It, what they want is intimacy. Intimacy. Uh, it's found in this thing that God invented and God defined, and it's called marriage. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Gage Magazine on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening this afternoon. And you can uh, catch the previous podcast on EngageMagazine.net. And, you know, we're going through the book, Ten Issues at the Back Christian, written by Alex McFarland. By the way, thank you so much for being in the studio with us. Well, it's an honor. It really is. And I'm just wondering, Alex, there has to be someone or, or multiple people that are listening right now, and they're saying, well, now, I had never thought about that before, or I didn't want to think about it, but I'm listening on the radio, and y'all made me think about it just by talking about it. And so they want to know where they can find the book to read more. Where is that? Well, thanks. Um, my own website, alexmcfarland.com or afastore.net or any of, any of the online retailers, um, christiansupply.com. Uh, one thing I always encourage people, if you can, if you have a local Christian bookstore in your town, support your local Christian bookseller because uh, they're doing ministry too. And um, I, I will say this, um, <laughs> if you go in the national booksellers like Barnes & Noble and Many of my books are in those stores. Um, it's good because any any of my books that sell, like at Barnes & Noble, get reported to the New York Times, and so that kind of helps my uh, mm-hmm. rankings there. But, you know, we talk about issues, whether it's moral issues like abortion or it's issues that touch on our own lives uh, like um, human sexuality or pornography. Let, let me just say this. God's way is the best way. Mm-hmm. The reason that God gave us his word and he laid down, yes, ground rules, the the oughts and the ought nots, yeah. is because he loves us mm-hmm. and he wants to bless us. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Not only is there eternal life in heaven, but there's abundant life down here. God wants to bless and give you the most enriching, fulfilling life you can imagine. Somebody said, God's will is so great, it's what we would really want for ourselves if we only had the wisdom to want it. Mm. And so that's why we're on Engage or whether I'm on the road as I am literally every weekend of the year, I'm somewhere to preach, have been for 19 years. Um, It's because we know firsthand that God's way is not only the, the message of salvation, but it's also the pathway for abundant, joyous, fulfilling life here on earth. Well, that's one thing. We're coming up to a close. We've got about 45 seconds left here. And I just wanted to ask you, what? how does someone listening right now respond if they've got a couple of these wrong over the years? Or maybe they're just like just now moving in the right direction. Um, how do they respond? Well, John 6, verse 37, Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will not reject. Uh, we want you to know Jesus Christ loves you. He's as close by as a prayer. You turn to Jesus, he will receive you. See, Christ will not only save your soul, he'll change your heart, your life. And you might have felt like you've blown it a thousand times. Jesus still loves you. God still has a plan for your life. 
Turn to him and let his word guide you each and every step of every day. You know what, Alex, and really quick, one more time, tell us, we have been discussing 10 issues that divide Christians, and if you noticed, we only hit six. In two episodes, we hit six issues. So there's a lot that can be said. There's more that you say in the book than what we've been able to talk about on the radio. So uh, really quick, tell us how people can get your book one more time. Okay, thanks. My website is alexmcfarland.com. Also, a lot of what I've done is available through afastore.net, the American Family Association, and then any, you know, local stores, national, local bookstores. I do want to say um, I'd love to come to your city, wherever you are in America. Call me. I'll come. I'll debate the atheists at your college in love. <laughs> there we and, go. And we'll evangelize the lost and equip the saved. Well, Alex, again, we do thank you for being here. And we thank you for listening to the Engage Radio program. If you have a question, if you have an idea for a program, if you just want to shoot us a line and uh, make fun of us, you can do that at engagefaq <laughs> at afa.net. Until next week, keep sharing truth and applying scripture.